BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast, where we interview entertainment pros about their careers and how they became successful in the industry. The secrets to their success here every week. Here's your host, Sean Ventura. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Ventura. And I just want to say go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review. Hey everybody, this is Sean Ventura with Lights Camera Pro. Today we're doing something a little different. I am doing a review of the Netflix series Young Wallander. I did a review for Ratchet with Tia Faby of Geek Vibes Nation. That was so much fun that I decided to try and do some more reviews. And the next one I think I'm going to do is Afterlife with Ricky Gervais because I love that series. Uh, so that's coming next. But today, Young Wallander. Young Wallander is the story of a young man who wants to do the right thing. This guy wants to do the right thing. He always wants to do what's morally right. He doesn't want to take shortcuts or sidestep the system or do things that are, you know, morally wrong to get a conviction, stuff like that. He's a great character. Everyone he comes into contact with, police, detectives, civilians, and lawyers, all tell him that this is the way that it is, or it's the system, and you just have to do it this way. And he is unfazed and he continues to try and do the right thing. He tries to be the knight in shining armor, which puts him and his colleagues sometimes into great danger. And he almost dies a couple times. I like Wallander, but I do want him to wake up to reality a little bit and not be so unrealistic. There is a reality in the world for things that happen. And he just sort of says, nope. I'm doing it my way. Everybody get out of the way. So let's see what happens with that. Let me just say that this review has spoilers. I will review the series, which has six episodes. It takes place in Sweden in present day. Episode one. This is an origin story. There was a very popular detective TV series in Sweden called Wallander for many years based on the books by Henning Mankel. Um, even Kenneth Branagh did a BBC adaptation in English, which was very good. I saw several years ago, four or five years ago, um, 
the adaptation with Kenneth Branagh. It was very good. It was very dark and it was very slow. This series on Netflix is not slow. It's fast moving. Um, it keeps a good pace. You don't get bored too easily. You hop from one character to the nut to the other. There's lots of characters. There's lots of twists and turns. And I enjoyed it very much. Kurt Wallander starts as a rookie in the prequel. Adam Paulson um, plays the young Kurt. We find out that his partner Reza in the beginning is his best friend and he's going to become a detective after they investigate a noise complaint at a party with some rowdy, drugged up people. Kurt lives in the projects. Why? We never really find out. His neighbors don't know he's a cop until he hears screaming outside and goes to investigate. A young man, Hugo, has been tied to a fence and he has a grenade duct taped into his mouth. Wallander says, I'm the police. He steps back. He tries to figure out what's going on, how he can get this grenade away, trying to see if there's a pin in it or removed. And seconds later, before he can even react, the grenade blows up in this young guy's mouth while he's tied to a fence. Um, There's lots of chaos ensuing. People are running. People are screaming. There's smoke. And it's a very gruesome scene. Uh, It's kind of shocking to sort of get into right away within the first 10 minutes of a show. But, you know, a lot of these shows, they want to have violence and sometimes really gruesome violence to keep you interested. Um... Otherwise, a lot of people think it's boring. We just went through that with Ratchet. How gr- what a gruesome series that is. You can hear the review for Ratchet on Geek Vibes Nation. It's a fun series, but it's also super, super gruesome and nasty. Oof. Some of the scenes are just awful. Uh, a young man, uh, Ibra, who Kurt knows from the neighborhood, is the lead suspect because he had an argument on the soccer field that day with Hugo. Kurt knows this kid and his mom. He sees them at the mailboxes. Um, And Kurt swears to the detectives at the station that this kid could never do this. He has a soccer scholarship. He's going to play football. Um, And why would he screw that up? That's like every kid's dream in Europe. So um, he swears that this kid was not involved. Detective Frida Rask. Okay, I like Frida. She is a dark-haired woman in a leather jacket, black t-shirt, kind of like Olivia Benson on SVU. She's tough, no nonsense, and she knows how the system works. She doesn't like Kurt. Kurt's a young, optimistic guy who's naive and doesn't know, like, really what's going on. But, But I do like her. She is the badass cop who has seen everything and she doesn't take any bullshit from anybody. And her least favorite thing is this optimistic young cop who wants to save the world. Kurt consults at the projects with the man in charge, Bash. We don't know if he's a drug dealer, but he's definitely some kind of criminal always hanging around his fancy car. And these guys are running back and forth and delivering things for him. So he's, he's a sketchy character. But for some reason, he wants to help Kurt because he lives in the projects. It turns out that Ibra was a lookout for him, but even Bash says he doesn't think that Ibra did this. Bash says he doesn't know who killed Hugo. He wasn't involved. Um, But he does give Kurt some video of the incident from his cell phone. And he brings it back to the station and someone is seen in the dark right before the grenade goes off in a hoodie walking away. You can't make out his face. They kind of zoom in, but it's too dark to make out who it is. 
The man who is in charge of the case is Detective Hemberg, and the actor's name is Richard Delane, who is essentially the old Wallander. He's kind of wrinkly and old and curmudgeon and everything pisses him off, and he says everything with a sneer. I just like this guy. <laughs> he's, he's one of those, like, cop guys that just doesn't take any shit, and he, he doesn't want to be bothered with details. He just wants to solve the case and go home and drink. He wants Kurt on the case because instead of Reza, Kurt lives in the projects where the crime happened, and he knows all these people there, and he knows this bash guy. He's got an inside... Uh, scoop on the project. So Hamburg wants him to be promoted and become a detective, which means that his best friend Reza is not going to be a detective and he's going to take his place, which Kurt is like, no, I will not take this in front of my my friend. And of course, Hem- Detective Hamburg says, sorry, you're taking it. You don't have a choice. I want you on this case. Okay. There is an anti-immigration march that Kurt and Reza are working Um, to keep the peace, and it has neo-Nazis and white supremacists and uh, immigrants, and they're all screaming at each other, and it's getting heated, and the the rookies are sort of moving through it to keep the peace. And Kurt sees the man that he thinks was in the video the night of the grenade explosion, and he chases after him, leaving his friend Reza and some of the other rookies alone to get the shit kicked out of them by these uh, white supremacist thugs. So Reza ends up in the hospital and Kurt ends up chasing this guy and he's about to cuff him and he catches him in the subway and the guy turns around and stabs him several times. And he says to him in a different language, essentially, um, I have no choice. I have no choice. So it was a bad day all around for Wallander. A guy blew up in his projects in his neighborhood and then he got stabbed and his friend is in the hospital in critical condition. Okay, let's move on to episode two. Wallander wakes up in the hospital and tells Hemberg that the man he was arresting who stabbed him is Hugo's killer. He knows this for sure. The killer told Kurt that he was forced to kill him, that he didn't have a choice. Now this is interesting. Hemberg tells Kurt to lie to the investigators. Tell them that the man who stabbed you wasn't a suspect, because if he is a suspect, they're going to take you off the case, and I need you on the case. Hamburg says, sometimes rules need bending for the greater good. And Kurt has a really hard time with this because he doesn't want to lie to the investigators. So Kurt goes to the church where he first saw the suspect. He's looking for more information. He's looking for the suspect. The church is a refuge for illegal immigrants. It's like an immigrant center. And he sees the billionaire Gustav Monk there. And he's like, what is this guy doing here? He also has a conversation with a woman, Mona, who runs the immigrant center, who called him like a pig at the, at the, at the rally, at the protest. But at first she doesn't like him because he's police, but then she sees his stab wound is bleeding and she sympathizes with him and she actually redresses his wound, which is bleeding. Kurt visits Hugo's family and searches the young man's room. He also interviews Hugo's football coach. He then interviews Hugo's best friend who tells Kurt that Hugo liked to go to a nightclub called The Cube. Kurt goes to the hospital to see Reza, his friend, and he runs into his wife who screams at him for leaving him alone during the protest. 
why did you leave him? She said, and he said, essentially, I left him because I was trying to get a murder suspect. And she's like, well, look what you did. Now he's in intensive care in a coma. The police commissioner comes to the station to tell them that the grenade used in Hugo's murder was part of an illegal weapons ring. Also involved in the case was a metric ton of C4, a huge explosive. The commissioner emphasizes how important it is to find the C4. This is a long scene that I'm summing up in a couple of sentences, but Wallander goes to the Cube nightclub and he sees Bash. The nightclub is filled with people doing drugs and having sex. Wallander tells Bash that if he goes down, meaning Wallander, Bash is coming with him, so he better give him some information. He gets some information, then a huge bouncer follows him throughout the club and kicks his ass, beats the shit out of him. So in the first two episodes, Wallander is stabbed in the first episode and beaten to a pulp in the second episode. This is not going well for Kurt. Now, if you've made it this far, I want to tell you a couple of things. So this show is beautifully shot. It looks like a movie. They take their time with the establishing shots. Um, There's beautiful scenery and it's a beautiful city in Sweden that they're filming in. And um, everything's very slick and it's just really well done. Episode three. Wallander wakes up in a field and he's covered in bruises and blood. I guess they drove him out to a field, the, the bouncer from the club. And he goes to the church to seek help from his crush, Mona. He asks her if she knows an immigrant who said he had no choice. Um, he Had she ever heard that before? And she says no. She redresses his wounds. Kurt sees Gustav, the, the billionaire, at the church again when Mona's there and he's wondering what the connection is uh, what his connection is to Mona and what his connection is to the crime and this is the first time that I think that this guy might be involved in some way in Hugo's death I mean he probably didn't do it himself he probably paid someone to put the grenade in this kid's mouth but I feel like he's involved we'll find out if he is or not Bash provides an alibi for Ibra, the young kid that Wallander knows, and Kurt is relieved. But Bash is a criminal, so why would the police believe him? I don't understand. An alibi from a criminal isn't a very good alibi. But they get Ibra off, get him out of jail, out of questioning. Kurt goes out with Mona for dinner, and for a moment he is happy. He finds out that Reza, his friend, has woken up from his coma. This is good news. And this is good because this show is getting pretty bleak. There's a lot of just negative, nasty things happening. And, and this is just a reprise, a moment of, uh, of some sweetness that uh, the show definitely needs. Wallander goes to the police station and suspects that someone is trying to create unrest between the immigrants and the nationalists. Um, This has been happening for a long time, that the nationalists want the immigrants out of there and the immigrants want to stay and they want to work. And and so Wallander, Kurt thinks that, you know, someone's stirring up this fight. Kurt and Rask both get some info about a pregnant mother who didn't show up at the church for an appointment. Wallander finds her in the woods and she is with the man who stabbed him. His name is Zemar. Kurt 
and Zemar both have guns on each other. And Kurt stupidly puts his gun down. I don't know if this was a good idea. This guy has already stabbed you. And he negotiates with the man. It turns out that the woman with him is Zemar's wife. And they're trying to escape Sweden because she's pregnant. And they have been threatened with deportation. And they can't go back to their country because if they go back to their original country, they'll be killed. Hemberg shows up and he's pissed at Wallander for putting his gun down, but it worked out and they take the couple into custody and bring them to the police station for questioning. The twist is, is that as they are taking Zemar out of his car into the police station, he is shot by a sniper, shot and killed dead in the street. And that's the end of episode three. Hey, everybody, I'm going to do a little break here to talk about my podcast, Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I've been doing it for several months now, and I've got close to 40 interviews recorded uh, for audio and also close to 40 Facebook Live interviews recorded. So there will be links in this post for Young Wallander Review. Please go and check out the audio podcast. I have interviews with entertainment pros about their careers and how everything works behind the scenes. It's very cool if you want to know how things work behind the scenes, if you want to work in the film and TV industry. I enjoyed the interviews immensely. A lot of these people are my What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Friends, I've worked with them in different capacities, and some I've just met. Incredible stories about Shaq, Charles Barkley, Family Guy, working on the show Family Guy, that 70s show, um, working with Jon Stewart, Al Pacino, Tom Arnold, and working at Adult Swim. So if any of that interests you, definitely check out the Lights, Camera, Pro Podcast. And thanks so much. Okay, Here we go. This is episode four of Young Wallander. There's a chase at the beginning of episode four, and it is revealed that the shooter of Zemar is Ricard, the father of Hugo. He was mumbling to himself that there was no justice and there never would be justice. And now there is when they cuffed him on the roof. Um, Wallander and Hemberg basically chase him down and corner him on the roof and arrest him. So that's a little shocking. We thought it was the people who who murdered um, Hugo. They questioned Zemar's pregnant wife, Yara, at the station, who is distraught, obviously. She says he got a job as a driver and everything was looking good and it was kind of normal for a few months. And then the job changed. Somebody said, pick up a man from a nightclub and bring him to a warehouse or be deported with his wife. He didn't know what to do. He'd never broken the law before, but he had to do it because he didn't want to be deported because, you know, deportation in a lot of cases in their country can mean death if they go back there. And that's why he said no choice, because he didn't have a choice to kill the person. It was either kill him or they kill him and his wife and his baby. But I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. Deportation is not enough for me to put a grenade in a teenager's mouth and pull the ring. I think I would take my wife and run away to another country and try it that way. But I don't think I could take someone's life. That's just my two cents. Hamburg doesn't believe Yara. Kurt explains it's... 
a good way to get people to hate immigrants. That's why he thinks that Gustav and whoever else set up this murder. Hamburg thinks he's getting too close to the case. He's too emotional. He tells him to take a few days off. Obviously, he doesn't. Any show where the chief detective tells his subordinate to take a few days off, do they ever? No, they never do. Kurt and Mona sleep together. They have a a long montage of making love, and it seems like they're a couple now. Kurt and Rask go to the Monk Foundation headquarters to question the billionaire Gustav. His brother Carl Axel shows up to inform them that there has been a death threat on his brother and they cannot discuss anything with him they need to leave right away. Kurt asks Gustav as he's leaving if he knows Isaac, Hugo's friend from the football team. Gustav doesn't answer and just leaves the room. Kurt finds Isaac at a rundown drug house. He goes searching for him and finds this drug house in the woods. So that he can see if there's some connection to Gustav. Isaac is hiding from drug dealers that he owes money. And Isaac thinks that, who's a friend of Hugo, he thinks that Gustav killed Hugo and his dog. And Kurt's like, what do you mean your dog? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Someone killed Isaac's dog with a grenade also. So obviously there's a connection there. But Kurt also finds out that Gustav and Carl Axel, the billionaire brothers, hosted the drug parties that Hugo and Isaac went to. So they're definitely involved in some way. Okay, here we go. Episode five, Young Wallander. Wallander goes to Hamburg with the info that Gustav knew Hugo and Isaac. And he tells him about the drug parties and that Hugo and Isaac's dog were both killed by grenades, which is no coincidence. Kurt wants to bring Gustav in for questioning. Hamburg suggests that he do some more digging with Mona first. So he goes to see Mona and Mona admits that she had a fling with Gustav. And it's Gustav's father's birthday celebration at their mansion that night. Hundreds of guests are invited. And she says, does Kurt want to come as her date? Does he? Of course he does. No, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here and watch TV, sweetie. You go and have a good time. So Mona and Kurt get dressed up for the father Leopold's birthday at the mansion with the hundreds of guests. Okay, time out. Mona didn't tell Kurt it was black tie and he showed up with a suit and not a tux. That's weird. I mean, that's like sabotaging your boyfriend. He looks stupid. Everybody else had a tux. He just had a suit and tie. And then Mona acts really strange around Gustav at the party. And they used to date. They were kind of flirtatious and touchy feely. It was just inappropriate for someone that you bring as a date. So Kurt was pissed. And I, I don't know. I just say, fuck you, Mona. This is crazy. And Kurt, he confronts Gustav outside. And he says, I know you had something to do with this murder and I'm going to find out. And Mona says that she embarrasses him and she's going to leave in her car. And it's like, I don't know. None of this is adding up for me with Mona. I don't know if she's involved. I don't know what's going on, but I think it's time to get rid of Mona. Um, That's just my opinion. Mona leaves with her car and Kurt has no ride. He gets back to town and finds Bash, the drug dealer, I'm assuming it's never said, who is looking for the young kid from Kurt's building, Ibra, 
who was accused of Hugo's murder and then cleared. Kurt's like, why are you looking for Ibra? And it's because he he stopped working for Bash, the young kid, Ibra, and now he's gone to work for a rival gang and they're about to have initiation and all this crazy stuff where they beat the crap out of him and stuff. So... Um, they go to this tunnel and they find Ibra getting like eight guys kicking him in the head because this is part of a gang initiation. And Kurt instantly wants to protect him. So he pulls out his gun and says, step away from Ibra, step away from the kid. And all these guys pull guns on Kurt. Well, Bash is in the car. He doesn't. He knows that Kurt doesn't come back quickly, so he goes there and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Everybody, put your guns down. It's cool. It's cool. Let's not have a shootout right now." And they actually do. They don't just say "screw you" and start shooting. They actually put their guns down. But that was a very close call for Kurt. I mean, he could have totally died, and it was really stupid to pull his gun like that. I just have to say. Okay, so Kurt goes back to the police station and he investigates the monks. Uh, Rask helps him, the other detective. And it turns out that Gustav is getting a multi-million dollar inheritance from his father, not Carl Axel, who is the eldest and, and traditionally is supposed to get it. Could this be a motive for murder? We'll find out. Hamburg and Wallander go to meet the Dodo to get the truth. The Dodo said that who is this uh, sort of sketchy businessman, but he knows Hemberg for many, many years, and he'll, he'll see him and talk to him and tell him some things, not everything. He said that he did do business with the Monk family, but nothing illegal, which is probably a lie. Kurt and Rask also find out that there was a boy beaten senseless at a boarding school where Gustav and Carl Axel went as young men. But the case, the file was sealed and nobody could see the details of the file. So Kurt tracks down a boy who was at that boarding school and supposedly was the one who was beaten. And he confronts him in the store and says, please tell me who did this because it's part of a murder investigation. And if you tell me, it might help others who may be killed. Other people might not die. After some coaxing, the man breaks down, starts crying, and he reveals that the the person who beat him with a crowbar while he was tied up in a chair, this is really gruesome stuff, uh, to within an inch of his life was not Gustav, it's Carl Axel. Carl Axel is the brother who's the sick psychopath, not Gustav. Carl Axel is the killer. And that is the end of episode five. Woo, here we go. Episode six. I am very excited if you had made it this far with me. I really enjoyed this series and I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, and I appreciate you coming along for the ride for this interview. Uh, in episode six, Hemberg agrees with Wallander that Carl Axel is the main suspect, but he wants proof. He wants solid evidence. So he wants Wallander to follow him and and have a stakeout and see what he's doing. Wallander follows him for a long time and nothing, he doesn't find anything. So he gets frustrated and he goes to Leopold, um, Gustav and Carl Axel's father's uh, place of work. And he confronts Leopold about the will and he's like, why is Gustav getting the money and not Carl Axel. And he said, a will is about merit, not about who's first in line. 
So that's just a lot of information to show you the motive for murder. There is a giant bomb still out there, and Carl Axel has two days to kill his brother, or his brother will get the millions and Carl Axel won't. So that's kind of the, the last thing that's happening in this episode. Okay, so Kurt sees Basque with Dodo's men. He confronts Basque and asks him what what is going down, like why are you with them, what's happening, and he says, listen, just give me this information this one time, Kurt says this, and I will never bother you again. So Basque says something big is happening that day. He doesn't know what or where, but he knows that something big is going down. The detectives all get together and they deduct that it must be... The new immigrant center, they built it. Gustav has built it. It's his pride and joy. And Gustav's going to be there. And there must be a bomb there. And they're going to blow up all the immigrants and Gustav together. And then Carl Axel gets the money. So they call in the SWAT. They call in all these police. They evacuate the immigrant center. It's supposed to be their ribbon cutting and unveiling of the center. And Kurt and Hamburg rush down there and Rask is there and Kurt talks to Mona a little bit and says, you know, I want you to be safe, but I can't tell you what's going on. You need to get out of here. Mona tells Kurt that Gustav isn't there. He's touring a shipping facility, even though it's the ribbon cutting. So they're like, oh my God, that's what they're going to blow up. It's all been you know, just a ploy to send them to the wrong place. So they... Kurt and Hemberg rush down to the waterfront with some other officers and they, they find Gustav and they convince him to come with them saying that he's in danger. And when they're walking him back to the police car, the police car is parked right next to Gustav's car, which is a souped up, a really expensive uh, sports car. And Gustav hits his keys to open the door and the car blows up and Gustav and Kurt are, you know, 20 feet away. But Hamburg is standing right next to the police car and he blows up with the car. So Hamburg dies. Kurt is devastated at this because Hamburg was his mentor and so is Rask. Some time passes and they call Carl Axel to the station where they question him about the murder. Kurt says to him, do you know that you killed a police detective? Do you know that you can go to jail for life for that? And Carl Axel says, do you have any evidence? Because if you don't, I'm going to leave. This has been fun, but I have things to do. They don't say anything. He just gets up and leaves. And what he does, he has a big smile on his face like a real jerk. And he leaves the building. Kurt thinks for a second, and then he goes running out after him into the street, and he says, I know what you've done, and you're going to pay for what you've done. And essentially, um, Carl Axel just gets into a car and drives away. Some time passes, and Wallander goes back to his desk and cleans it out. He tells Rast that he's leaving the force. And as he leaves the police station, officers are standing at attention in Hamburg's memory and bells sound throughout the city. At the end of the series, uh, Kurt goes back to the projects with Mona and he sees Ebra playing football in the park and him and Mona go upstairs. And that's the end. I really like this series. There are lots of twists and turns. Each episode feels like a film because it's beautifully shot. I like the main character's journey from optimistic rookie to someone who quits the force because there is no justice. Obviously, he's going to come back if there is a second season. We haven't heard about a second season yet, but I still hope there is a season two. Um, 
I rate this series an 8 out of 10 stars, which is probably very uh, optimistic for a lot of people. I've seen a bunch of critics on the internet give it 6 or 7 out of 10, but I like the main character. I like the story. And overall, I liked most of the cast. It was good acting, great cinematography, pretty good writing. So I give it an 8 out of 10. So thanks for listening, everybody. Review and rate at Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen. Another review is coming soon. I believe it's going to be Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, so look out for that. And thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast, where entertainment pros talk about how they made their dream into a career. Go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks to Bob Jurgens for the Rockin' VO and Joseph McDade for the music. Next week, we have a very special guest. Ashley King is here. She is from England, and she has a podcast called Nurture Your Zest. She's also a creative director, very interesting woman with lots of stories and a ton of energy. It's going to be fun. Check it out next week.